Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Alright guys, welcome to the show. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Five stars. I hope you're really liking it. Alan Lee is still on the show, guys. I keep getting all these messages. He's still on the show. We're just getting interviews that are just not hitting on his uh, schedule. And this one is actually a phone interview that I'm doing in the parking lot of my house. So this was like a last minute thing too. But for all you rifters out there, Alan Lee is still a raise a rifter. He's still the co-host. He's still number one. He's just missed four episodes in a row. And I know what you're thinking. That means bad news. You missed four episodes in a row. You're out. Not true. It just hasn't worked with the scheduling conflicts. But Alan Lee loves you all. And you all love Alan Lee, and he's part of the show. He's still part of the show. He's still number one. But he's not here today because of scheduling conflicts. You understand? Excellent. So scheduling conflicts hurt because I uh, I don't like interviewing people by myself. Uh, it's very hard, and it's very, uh, very tough for me. You know, with my Asperger's and stuff, I... Especially phone interviews. Those are even worse because then I'm like, huh, did I pay my phone bill on time? I hope my phone doesn't turn off. But I think you guys are going to love this show. This show is going to be awesome. Uh, you've seen this guy on Comedy Central, The Tonight Show, Joe Dirt. Uh, he was in The Informant with Matt Damon, the great Bob Zaney. And Bob Zaney is a comedy legend. And he, he was nice of us to talk to me on the phone. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Follow us on social media. At Razor Riffs, R E Z A R I F T S, and uh, subscribe, rain review on Apple Podcasts at Razor Riffs, and give us those five stars. We need a hundred reviews ASAP. So this is very important. We need your support. Also, Alan Lee is still on the show. Enjoy the show, guys. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor. And Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. Duda, duda, I'm about to call Bob Zaney on Razor Riffs. Oh, gotta find his phone, phone, phone number. Oh, he's calling me. Okay, excellent. Duda. Hey, Bob. Hey, man, how are you? Doing good. I was just uh, about to call you and I was like talking to myself and then you called me and I was like all right Bob's calling me well I was uh, I didn't know if this was the number you're gonna record from but obviously it sounds like it is right yeah yeah I, I was I was gonna like text you and let you know okay cool all right so how you doing Bob are we starting right now oh do, do you want a minute no I was just wondering if we're starting so oh, oh yeah. there was like an intro of why I'm on the show oh you're on you're Come on, on race that work it man <laughs> You're on the show because I love you very much, and I've been trying to get you, but you're always busy, and now you're not busy. Well, and, and look at the time. I got to go. I'm kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm doing okay. I, I uh calling you actually from my 57. I turned 58 here. Yeah. So what was the – why did you move back to Vegas? I didn't move back. I moved – I just had to get out of California. I uh, 
I wanted to get out of there before it became Venezuela. Yeah. Yeah. California sucks. It's actually raining right now out of the blue. Really? It's interesting. Someone told me there was a sign about, you know, leaving California. What? Is this something we taxed? <laughs> <laughs> well, in Vegas, it's cool because, like, uh, you could do so many spots uh, doing stand-up and, you know, not be judged. It's kind of like New York, you know, because every casino has, like, four clubs, you know? Well, I just, you know, I'm still on the road, so, you know, I, I play here, and we'll see what happens in the future, but it's just acclimating myself to a new uh, way of doing things. Yeah. How, how long have you been uh, doing the road? Because uh, you've been well, doing... Well, I've been doing the road since the 80s, but um, I started as a stand-up when I was 15 on the Gong Show in 1977. Yeah. And to be rewarded for that, I was pulled off stage by a man dressed like a nun with a big net. So you can't hurt me. <laughs> Didn't you tell me that that was your uh, first time you've ever done any type Stand of... Stand-up, yeah. yeah. Never performed in front of an audience, uh, except if you count the Cub Scouts. There was a scene where we did a play, and I would play the cowboy around a campfire, and my line was, can you please pass the coffee? So, other than that, that was this. I've always done this career backwards, Razor. Let's just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they paid me $125.98 and a waffle iron. And my parents weren't happy because we were a pancake family. <laughs> but I love waffles. Yeah, well, there you go. It's, <laughs> you know, tomato, tomato to each his own. But, you know, it was like, I, I, I don't think, I don't know if I got paid. Because, you know, they consider it a specialty act by humiliating me with the uh, the man dressed like a nun with a big net by pulling me off. Yeah. Had I been gonged, I wouldn't have gotten anything. Well, also, you were 15, so if they did pay you, they probably just paid your parents and you never saw that. No, I did get to see it. I'm sure my dad tried to take it from me. <laughs> but my dad, it was interesting, he had to come along with me and I had auditioned two other times. One of the times I did it, which didn't make the show, which I think to this day should have, I had a paper bag over over my body and just with my head exposed. And I said I was the unknown comic's half-brother. <laughs> and I did a series of one-liners and they, they passed on it. But my dad was goofing around in the lobby and the security guard said, uh, well, you're funny, you should be on the show. So he walked my dad in and he auditioned and he got the day and nighttime version. Oh my god! Yeah, so that, did that make I you have daddy little... issues? Is what I'm trying to get at, I guess. <laughs> did that make you a little jealous? I guess so. I don't know what happened, but you know, he always. He, I think the word vicarious was uh, invented for him towards me. <laughs> yeah, but then you became a, a stand-up comic after that. Yeah, well, I started doing shows in high school, and then I did talent shows in West Covina, where I grew up, and then I actually officially went to the comedy store, like, two months after I graduated from high school in 79, and uh, showcased for Mitzi, and went through that process. I was uh, made a Monday night regular, and then the, I got a spot the next week, and then the week after, I called in for my spot, and they said, you've been taken off the list, so. What? Yeah, but my name is on the wall as you uh, enter the original room on Sunset. My name's probably there still, so that's cool. Yeah, so wait, you were you were passed as a paid regular, and then they she changed her uh, mind? She changed her mind. 
uh, anybody, I don't know if you ever met her or went through her system. I met mm-hmm. her, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like dealing with Roseanne, you know. I, I did Roseanne's sitcom, and uh, I did I did warm-up for her on her sitcom, and then I did a spot on her. I delivered her baby, Jerry Garcia Connor, oh, yeah? which, which is interesting. They referred to the, the kid. He was out on a tuna boat or something, <laughs> and I played the doctor that, that delivered him. But uh, I also did warm-up for her. Uh, she had a short-lived variety show that lasted six weeks, and I got fired. And I was like bummed, and I realized who hasn't she fired? That's true. You know, and it was like, and then I saw her like six months later when I was nominated for best club comic for the American Comedy Awards, and Roseanne came up to me, Bob, you're so funny. Here, this is my husband Ben. You got to meet him. It's like she completely forgot she fired me. <laughs> so it's like you know, it is what it is. Uh, when I used to, I used to open up for Norm a long time ago, and his, uh, his Roseanne gave him his very first job. So yeah, he was a writer. He actually, him and I. The last time I saw him, I have a thing on YouTube um, that it's called Bob's Any Videos, and it's called Baggage Claim the Talk Show. And I run into Norm as we're waiting for a bags, and I interview him. Oh, really? And we talked about. He came to my office one day because I had an office in Studio City. And we went and play golf. And I've known Norm for a while. Very funny man. Yeah, he's the nicest guy too. Yeah. And uh, and then like when I uh, I used to open up for Tom Arnold too, who was married to Roseanne. Yeah. And half of his act is about being married to Roseanne. Because <sighs> he's not a stupid man. <laughs> but. Like, but I know Tom, yeah, in fact, I knew Tom before Roseanne. Tom and I were friends when, when he was dating her on the on the down low. Uh, is when we kind of were friends, and then he got the job, and kind of, he moved on in life. But uh, he, did have, he did hire me. He had a roast of Ed McMahon and James Cameron at the same time. He had me as a comic to do it, oh. which was cool. So you did so, roasts, too? I've done roasts. I've done everything. Uh, and there's nothing I haven't done right then. And in fact, now that I can get your podcast off my bucket list, I'm ready. <laughs> that, that's the whole goal of my life. I started yeah. a podcast because uh, it's really, like, it's really hard for me to do, um, to socialize with people because I have a form of autism called Asperger's. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, you know, comedy made me very verbal. So then that's just why I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a podcast, too, because it will also help with my verbalness. You know what I mean? Well, and the, the good news is, too, uh, as a performer, you always say the wrong thing to somebody. So, well, you at least have something to blame it on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever said to a performer? To a performer? Yeah, like... You, I, you know. I've had some moments, but not... I, you know, I, I think my act, you know people get what I do or they don't but it can be misinterpreted because I work the crowd and I do it my way yeah so I totally get that uh, the worst thing I've ever said is, is I told Barry Sobel he wasn't funny well I think you were actually right and I think you were having a <laughs> you, you were having a little respite from the Asperger's and you knew exactly what you wanted to say and how you wanted to say it. actually you know now you may remind me I was at the Aspen Comedy Festival and I was filming. Uh, I had a co- uh, show on Comcast called Comcast Sp- Comedy Spotlight. So during the day, I'd interview people and I saw Billy uh, Crystal there and I went up to him and I said, Billy, because he was sitting, I was sitting on the roast of Rob Reiner 
at the Friars Club for Comedy Central. Yeah. And Billy came in and roasted Rob, and then he left for the Mets game during the roast, after his roast. And I, I went up to him, and I said the wrong word. I said, it was so classy how you just left. What I meant to say was <laughs> that it was kind of cool that you have that power. You didn't have to sit around like the rest of us, right? <laughs> but I said the wrong word. So it was like daggers of death from Billy Crystal for that whole week. Every time I'd see him, he'd just stare, over, stare at me and just stare and go, uh -huh. It was just one word. I said the wrong word. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's a marvelous story, Bob. Yeah, thank you. Very good. That was my lame impression of Billy Crystal. Baby! <laughs> but do you ever go to the Laugh Factory in Vegas and go to the karaoke nights that Harry does? No, I try to avoid them. I only go there to work. <laughs> but I'm sure you've seen my album on the wall. Yeah, I have. How cool is that that I have an album along with all those others? <laughs> I think now more and more of the comics that surround my album are dead, so that's exciting. Who's your album by? Is it by... Uh... The Laugh Records. It came out in 1984. No, I meant and... on, on Harry's Wall. It's by... Uh, I think it's by Robin, who I end up got... I got to work with about a year and a half before he passed away, so that was really cool to work for Rob, with Robin in Mill Valley. Yeah. And, you know, a few others, I forget who, you know, I'd have to be there to see it. Yeah, I, I thought it was by uh, Richard Pryor or something, because I looked up the... But it is probably near Richard, too, so he's dead. So, yeah, we can talk <laughs> about dead comics all you want. They're dropping like flies, man. <laughs> well, I was going to make a lame joke. It's because it's by your album. But then I was like, eh, it, wasn't, it wouldn't make sense, because I think they died before. Well, I think it's best you just do a podcast and stop performing. <laughs> Uh, so do you still talk to David Spade because how come you weren't in Joe Dirt too? well you know it's funny I, I, I spoke to Fred Wolf who was one of the writers and producers on it we spoke when they were I guess they did in Atlanta somewhere or something and they just didn't have the budget to fly me out so I understood <laughs> And but I saw David about uh, six months ago I was in Lake Tahoe at the Improv at Harvey's and he was across the street at the Mountain Blue and I went over to say hi to him and I said, you know, Joe Dirt is like the Bible in the Midwest. He says, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe Dirt, it's it's one of my favorite films, but Spade's it's, my favorite comic of all time. So Dave's, Yeah, I've known him. Now, he's one of those guys that I've known forever. Before he even hit, I remember giving him rides from the airport. Oh, really? What was that yeah. like? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, you know, it's funny when you just, you start out with so many people of that stature, you just go, ah, they're just another guy, you know, he's just another comic. But Dave's a really good guy. And him and uh, Fred Wolf, Fred Wolf told me that they were going to make me jump through hoops for my part in the movie, but they chose not to and just said, hey, you got the part. <laughs> but, uh, you know, during the show, I hold up a VHS copy of Joe Dirt and I said, it's available after the show. I said, I think I, I tell the audience, if you like Joe Dirt, you probably still have a VCR. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, it's funny how VCRs were like, do you remember when you used to like rent movies on a VCR and then like yeah. a blockbuster would say, be kind, rewind? Yep. Yeah. There, some people were thinking the same premise with their DVDs until they figured out they didn't have to. <laughs> it's all going away fast so even dvds people don't you know i'll sell cds after the show and some people are, i don't even have a cd player anymore oh god it's going by too fast 
Does that really uh, hit your sales? Uh, somewhat, but I mean, they can go online and download every one of my, I have seven CDs, so they're available on all these different services. I, I don't do it, but I know it's there. Yeah. Now, and I, my documentary uh, about my career called Close But No Cigar, I was just speaking to one of the people involved, and it is available on Amazon if you want to get a hard copy. On Amazon.com? Yeah. Oh, excellent. And we're trying to set it up so people can stream it too, but um, it's a great look at my career, first 50 years. And then speaking of the cigar, that's like a big trademark of you because you always yeah. have an unlitten cigar. Well, I do it as a, I started doing it as a throwback to the old time comedians. I started doing the late eighties and I'd carry, carry it on stage and, I, and you know, I was really, really heavy and I would have the cigar and I'd puff on, I go health, fashion. These are my main concerns. Bay, bay. <laughs> but, um, it's funny. I didn't develop the baby until a few years later to where it really, you know, people know it. I had, I worked with Rodney Dangerfield for two years and he once showed me some, uh, sets he did on Ed Sullivan. And he was doing no respect, but he was doing it half-heartedly. Yeah. It wasn't like fully developed yet. And you know, and anything you do that people know you for, it takes time to really get to that, yeah. you know, until you own it, you know? <laughs> Did you, didn't you used to like uh, sell c cigars in little, little bags after shows? Yeah, the fun pack. <laughs> it took the country by storm. It was actually a VHS tape and some bumper stickers. <laughs> and a plastic cigar. I actually did real cigars for a while because the plastic ones I got out of China and the tips would come off. And uh, some guy came up to me and said, yeah, my little kid loves it. And he walks around uh, with it in his mouth going, baby. I went, but the tips came out. I said, all I need is some kids choking on this. <laughs> I just went with their real cigars. <laughs> Listen, I'd rather them get cancer than the choke on a plastic cigar from China. Yeah. I'm just old school that way. I I think the guy who uh, wrote uh, Roger Rabbit uh, took the baby who's smoking a cigar from you. So you know, uh, it's funny. I, who knows? Uh, there's one joke in my act that I, I just do it, you know, sparingly. I saw a t-shirt of it, but my real name is Big Dick McGee, <laughs> which I did on, I think he did the improv, but on the Rodney Dangerfield special, that was one of the few jokes Rodney really liked. And he said, man, it's the money piece. Okay. <laughs> so in Anchorman, I think the first one where they're, they, they're goofing around at the, at the anchor desk and Christina Applegate says, my real name is Big Tits McGee. So I know they ripped me off because all the people in that movie were friends of mine. Oh, Big I Tits McGee. Come on now. See, that, that's got to suck because, you know, they, I mean, obviously they took it from you, but they turned it. So, like, you yeah. know, it's like, They oh. made it their own. Yeah. And it's Big like, tits, McGee, come on. Yeah. Because if there's any joke that I'm known for, that's one of them. Yeah. I, uh, something similar happened to me, actually. I, I have a joke where I say, you know, because I. 99% of my act is I talk about what it's like having autism and I said that my very first job I was a babysitter and that job sucks because sitting on babies is uncomfortable. That's funny. Yeah and then I saw a movie called um, Captain Underpants which was with uh, Kevin Hart it came out maybe yeah. two years ago. 
they took the exact same joke and I was like, huh. Yeah. I think Well, there is a thing called parallel thinking, but you know, there's also a thing where you go, it's really too close to, you know. Yeah. For you, for you to think that that they didn't do it. But who knows, you know? Yeah. I mean, I always tell comedians I do a lot of mentoring and I've I've spoke at classes and stuff. I said, you know, the most original thing you'll ever do is be you. Yeah. You know, no one can steal you and your life experience. I mean, there's, you know, comedies and movies have been around for over 100 years and sitcoms for 50 years and, and, and live performances. You don't think somebody kind of thought of that already? Well, so you got to try to make it as just about you as much as possible. Then, you know, still. That's true. People and pay to see the singer, not the song. Well, maybe the song. Those are the one-hit wonders. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever gone to a concert wanting to hear a song and then realizing they didn't play your song? Because they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... I mean, I'll give people request jokes when I'm performing. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just that there's so much, you know. What do you pick? What do you want to do, you know? You know, if you're really a prolific person, you have way too much stuff. Yeah. Uh... And then you have to sing it or tell the joke with the same passion every night, you know? <laughs> It kind of it's kind of like if you went to go see Elvis live, you know what I mean? Like only girls want to hear the songs, but you know everyone yeah. goes sees them in Vegas. Yeah, that's another bad uh, Keith Razor joke because Elvis is well, still alive in Vegas. He uh, yes, he's dead now, Keith. <laughs> he died. The, he died August of '77 is when I did the Gong Show. Oh really? Well, I did, you know, I, I actually did it like two days after my birthday, which is September 11th. That's another story. But um, I started auditioning in, uh, I had an audition three times before I got the show. So I count those as my introduction into show business. Yeah. I was, was going to say that it would have been uh, semi-cool and then semi-weird that you did it you know, right when Elvis died. And, well, know. I think I assumed his uh, his uh, mystique and persona, but I actually was in Las Vegas with my parents, and I remember being in a casino, and they made the announcement that he had died uh, over the loudspeaker. Yeah, out of the whole strip? Oh, he was, you know, it was a big deal when he died. Yeah, yeah. It's up there with September 11th and JFK being shot. Uh, were were you uh, alive when JFK got shot? I was two, uh, so, so you... I don't remember it as much. Yeah, I do have a show coming up in Sullivan, Illinois, on the twenty third of November, uh, the anniversary, and uh, I I said, why don't you do uh, as a promo JFK shots? <laughs> <laughs> I may have lost the gig over that <laughs> too soon. Oh man. But, uh, well, I, I said, you know, that's a variation. When I, I was in Washington, D.C. in the 80s, and I remember buying some uh, gift items at the gift store. But one of the gift items was a shot glass with Lincoln on it. And I went, did you think this through? <laughs> you know, they actually have Amelia Earhart luggage. Yeah. She was lost in a plane. They never found her. Yeah. Did you think this through? I love I love advertising. I saw this for the walk-in tub. You, have you seen those commercials for the older folks that have a walk-in tub? No, no. Well, it's a walk-in tub for older people, and it comes with a lifetime guarantee. <laughs> and the person who buys it's in their 70s or 80s. 
It's a lifetime guarantee. Yeah. Is the math bothering you here on this? No, I get it because but okay. it's funny because they're old and it's yes. lifetime. Yeah. Why would you promote that? <laughs> I, I bet that. That's so why I, I was laughing. Okay, I don't know. I'm not here all the time. I can't keep up with you kids with your Aspergers. <laughs> but no, it's it's amazing by like all these uh, because I think conspiracy theories make the best jokes if you if you can really uh plan it out, you know. Well, I you know the you never know what the truth is, especially nowadays with everything going on. You don't know who's telling the truth anymore. You know, it's even like a study. You know, you get a because st the studies keep. Uh, negating the other study yeah. you know medical one you get but you have the big question you always have to ask who paid for the study <laughs> exactly. and does that benefit them versus you know what i mean so you, there's i don't think there's anything impartial anymore when it comes to politics or medicine or anything it's like hey this is what i believe and this is what you have to believe but when you had your uh when you interview people, like, did you ever want to get like a talk show, like the, the late night with Bob Zaney? Well, that's what my act has been geared towards. You know, I have a podcast too. I've got over a hundred episodes that's available on iTunes and SoundCloud. So I've had a lot of people over the years on the podcast who uh, basically were people. I my, my only thing I ask is that I've worked with you, or I know you, or you're a friend. Yeah. But I also just did in Carson City, Nevada. I did two, three, four things, really. One was a sitcom. We've done three episodes called Casino Boss, filmed at the Nugget Hotel and Casino. And then I also developed Carson City Tonight, which is my own talk show. And I've done a few of those with actual performers. But what I really always wanted to do was, I think real people have a story, too. So I would open with my little monologue and they then work the crowd and then I pick people from the crowd to be my guests on the show and that went really well. So that's kind of on hiatus. But we also did a comedy special called Casino Boston Friends and then also they've turned this into a movie. So who knows what's going to happen next. Oh, that's awesome. You're yeah, I got, you know, it's it's funny when comics, will, the host will say, what do you want me to say? I said, what hasn't he done? And they kind of either they they get it or they don't. <laughs> like I'm a prick. Yeah. But it's you know I've done a lot of things. Have you? Whatever that means. Have you ever? I'm sure this has happened to you. But have you ever gone to like when the host brings you up, and maybe not brings you up, but maybe like brings someone else up, and he just lies about all the credits? Yeah, and I hate <laughs> that. You know, I, even when I started out, I never lied on my resume about all the things I I've done. You know, I I don't. I don't believe in that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just because. Uh, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the intro doesn't mean anything anyway, Rachel. It doesn't mean a thing. No, I 100 percent agree. You're gonna be funny or not? Yeah, but like, um, this guy like introduced me, saying, "Oh, I've been on Comedy Central and you know all these shows," and it's like I, I never, I've never been on anything like that. And then yeah. the audience expects you to be a good comic. And then, like, just that host lying with that intro, I went up and I was like, I think I should just be really, really bad. Well, I, you know what? I, I've, uh, I've been on almost every channel there is. I've done all these TV. I've, I counted once over a thousand national TV shows. Whoa. You know, I did the Jerry Lewis telethon for 17 years, you know, some, you know, for eight hours co-hosting, but point is 
it's like, and I'll, I still have people come up and say, hey, have you ever been on TV? And I go, okay. <laughs> well, why don't you just Google Bob Zaney, okay? <laughs> I would just... Uh, you know, there's always a new audience is what I'm kidding at. Yeah. And now the younger audience, some of them don't even know who Johnny Carson or Rodney Dangerfield are. So what does it matter? That's that's true. Uh, I know who Carson is and I know who Dangerfield is, but like people my age, they don't. And I just I just know those guys because I love comedy, you know. Well, you have to be a student of it, and also, you know, you gotta you get inspired somehow to go into this. Yeah, like one time, uh, this comic I don't want to say names, but Barry Sobel, he said that uh, he got passed on Carson without even doing stand up, and I was like, well, <laughs> Carson forgot his hearing aids or something, you know. Well, boy, you're just you're. <laughs> So when's he going to be on the show? Or are you doing this? <laughs> I want him on the show. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the. You won't last. You've chased people away. <laughs> I want to talk about Carson. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a horrible joke. I have a bunch of questions that I ask the audience, and here's one: If a if a doctor tells a gay man he has Asperger's, does he say duh? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever research how the kid was that the doctor who discovered it? <laughs> that was a Did great. Did you ever look into that? You got to come up with a better name. Maybe that's why you're here on this earth. Well, they they changed it to um, autism of support, but that's even a worse name. Oh God! Yeah, that <laughs> sounds like a cult. <laughs> but uh, the guy who discovered it—it's weird because like the guy who discovered Aspergers was a guy named Hans Aspergers, and apparently. He was like a scientist, and he was like very, um, he was an evil guy, I guess. And uh, they still named... Well, it sounds like he's German, so yeah, you're right. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and they named a social disorder about him, which, uh, you know, doesn't really make me feel proud to have it because I'm named after someone who followed Hitler, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, ah, oh, okay. What are you going to do? Yeah, it, <laughs> It's the card you're dealt. Deal with it and, and deal back out to everybody. I think maybe I should just say autism of support. Just I'd rather be in a cult, I guess. Well, you, do you talk about this on stage? It's a great premise. No, I do. I do. And sometimes you say autism of support. Uh, yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, uh, there's an 800 number you can call. Even 800 numbers, we don't need them anymore. We're, you're, if you call an 800 number from your phone, you still charge the data. So what's the difference? I do. Just I, give me the regular number. Do you remember 1-800-COLLECT? Yes. Yeah, I still collect people on cell phones. That's good. See, that's, that's your gift <laughs> you have. Yeah, because I'd rather have them pay for the call than me. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, Bob, I have two more questions for you. One, yeah. one who is the toughest person you've ever interviewed? Interviewed? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, none of them, because like I said, I, I kind of know who they are. Okay. Well, you know what? Paulie Short. Oh, okay. Paulie did my podcast in 20 minutes, and he says, I got to take a break. Really? And I'm with Paulie, you're, you're, you're seven years younger than me. <laughs> I've known Paulie since he was the fry cook at the Westwood Comedy Store, and I was the surfer comedian. This is like 1980, 81, and I had long blonde hair, and I do a surfer act. And he was the fry cook, and he'd come out and say, "Dude, I'm thinking about being a comic." I said, "Well, good luck on that." 
he showed us all wrong. Yeah. But he had to take a break, which is, uh... He had to take a break. Uh, did you say, okay. did you say, okay, buddy? I don't care. Yeah, if you take a break, I can talk. It all gets edited. Who cares? I, uh, what's your second question? Oh, my second question? Yeah. My second question is, have you ever actually lit up the cigar during a show? Yes, uh, I think there might. I think on the Rodney Dangerfield special, I am smoking it. Oh. Because that was still legal then. And because and, didn't they uh, say, like, you couldn't smoke unless it was part of your act or something? Yeah. That, in the 90s, it was that way. I mean, in the 70s, now everyone was smoking. I remember coming home from the comedy store and my shirt was just covered in, in cigarette smoke because everybody in the audience was smoking. But I think in theater, if it is part of the act, they let you do it. Yeah. Or part of the play or whatever. Well, Bob, uh, we got to head out, but uh, is there anything you want to plug for the folks at home? BobZany.com. There, they, there, they can always see where I'm headed next. Twitter at BobZany, ZanyBob on Instagram. Uh, uh, the podcast, The Bob Zany Show, with my lovely wife, Erin O'Connor, on iTunes and SoundCloud. There's some really good people I've interviewed over the years Billy Gardell and Stephen Wright and Tara Top. And huh. I forget some of the others. George Wallace, a bunch of people. So it's well, cool. I would love to do it in the future. <laughs> well, that's been on hiatus, you know? <laughs> That's how I plug myself. No, that, yeah. that was it's cross pollination. <laughs> I think it was I think it was Hans Asperger's who said, "I'm taking everyone down with me with this name." <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, and uh, you know, uh, you've always been very nice to me, and I I thank you for just loving comedy just like me. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate being on the show. Good luck to you, man. All right, thanks, Bob. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, write, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.